My people, my people, this is your boy Monroe, a.k.a. He Smiles, your essential life coach. You are watching Verse TV. Now go ahead, comment, rate, share, subscribe. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Troy Weeks Music King. If you hear my voice, do you know what that means? It's time for All the Tea with Verse TV. And this week, with us all week long, we got someone special and dear to my heart. We got Monroe in the building. What's up, Monroe? What's up, man? We got history, brother. We got history. You were here at the beginning of my East Coast stint. So, what's up? Good to see Yo, you. Man. Listen, for those of you who don't know, really fast in like one and a half minutes, I was working at Applebee's as a bartender. Yes. For those of you who yes. don't know, I do a lot of things. And bartending is one of them. <laughs> and I was there at the bar, and this gentleman walks out looking very nice with a nice smile. And he's like, you know, coming from an inn, and like, wants to order a drink, sit down, have lunch or something. And um, we're just talking. You know, just yeah, having a conversation. Yeah. It came from an interview. Yeah. It was super dope. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, when I go to this church. I'm singing a praise and worship yeah. at this church. Yeah. Um, you should check it out if you're free. And I was actually still at the church doing praise and worship there when uh, Monroe started going there. So yeah. it actually was true. It wasn't like I told him he ain't never seen me. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> like, what is brother right. yeah. You've been telling me yeah. you ain't never seen me. He was there. You. He was there. I was really there. Um, it was super dope. Um, I remember I was on stage and you came up to me and you said, hey, you know, I, should, I, I came out. You know, I liked it. And, and I don't, are you still there? I know I'm I am a member and I'm on the worship team. See? Look at God. Look at God. You know what I'm talking about? So we have to talk about that real fast. Yeah, it's like, man. People don't know, you know, you never know who knows who, you never know, yeah. you know, how things happen. But look, you know, yeah. all these years later, like, you know, you're here and bam, you're here. So I'm, I'm here. Right I'm here. Yeah. yeah. So the far audience that may not know, where are you from? Yeah. So I'm originally from Sacramento, California, man. The 916 West Coast. Very, very proud Ooh. to be a, a Californian. Uh, and uh, yeah, but I moved out to New York about four years ago. It'll be four years next month, as a matter of fact. And I've um, been here ever since, and man, I love it. I live in New Jersey, right outside New York City, so. Yeah. Yes, doing, your thing, doing the dang thing, it's super yes. dope. Um, four years ago, wow, seems like a time. Four seems years. like a time. Yes, yes brother. <laughs> um, yes. And, and, and now, like, you've come a long way, you've done so much. Do you yeah. think, like, feel like being from, you know, Sacramento, has it influenced your work at all? I, absolutely, I mean, and I'll tell you why, in a couple of ways. First of all, the community that raised me poured so much into me. So the man that you see today, how I show up in my personal life, my friendships, my, my intimate life, my, my work life, um, it is as a result of the people from Sacramento, California, right, uh, that poured into me. So that definitely made, plays a major influence. And then also in the professional realm, um, I really had an amazing foundation in Sacramento and working with youth development, um, and the people that I work with there. So once again, community. Community is the word for me because um, I really, really do credit them for so much of who you experience today. Yeah. Shout out to your community. Yes. We want to say shout out from yes. us to you for thank you for making them yes. who he is today because my yes. God, you know, and as time progresses, you know, you, this man of God has been, you know, it's been humble, has been, you know, doing his thing and he's, you know, so great in the community now. So that community that you guys built for him now it's helping him build a strong community where he is so shout out to Sacramento I just had to say that um, so you're a life coach mental health advocate yeah. and a motivational speaker and more of course you yeah. know how we do now in 2020 yeah so, right we gotta have a muscle to fight you know <laughs> gotta have a couple yeah. so what, what brought yeah. you to these fields yeah man so I'm just gonna say life 
experience is what brought me to these fields, right? And I'll back up a little bit and then I can come right back into that. Um, But professionally, man, for the last 15 years, I've been working in nonprofit administration and leadership and also school district administration. So all up and down the state of California and then also now here in New York City, um, I've been working in youth development programming and overseeing programs for young people, urban communities, black and brown kids, right? Um, And and communities that in so many ways have been um, thrown away um, and not valued for exactly the richness and the beauty for who they are. So I've had the distinct honor and pleasure of working in these communities with these amazing young people and their families. Um, and so that just kind of laid the foundation for me to be in an educational, motivational you know, setting. Um, but I also credit my church, man. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in the Black Baptist Church, and there were just a lot of love and nurturing and opportunities for me to develop my skills. I was a choir director, so I was, I was teaching music you know, at a very young age. So there was a lot of these things that now go into my life coaching today um, that date all the way back to when I was eight years old. Um, But then I say life brought me to where I am, man, because anything that I do today is as a result of a very personal experience. So the life coaching, man, that comes definitely from a very personal experience of having to do a lot of the deep, ugly, hard, but so beautiful and necessary work on myself through therapy, right, through self-reflection, man, through through spirituality, right? All, All these things have played a part in my life. When we talk about the mental health advocacy piece, man, I was diagnosed with major depressive uh, disorder uh, two years ago, man. Here in my home, had a breakdown, had to go to the hospital, suicide ideation, like all different things, man, really hit home for me. I had to heal, and I had to go through a process of, again, therapy, but then also making some different changes in my life that became very vital and, and, and a part of my routine that, that continues to sustain me in my healing, man. So, and then just a motivational speaker, man, I like to talk, brother. So, you know, and going back to the church, man, you know, having opportunities to get in front of people and singing and giving that good old Easter speech, you know how we used to do in the black church, mm-hmm. right? So those things really have brought me to where I'm at today. Um, and, and I'm very, very blessed and fortunate man, to be here. Yes, sir, yes. And thank you for sharing all of those things that you do have and that you do you know, very well because I feel like it's important like going back to our interview we were talking about earlier uh, on the show about you know knowing yourself and knowing yourself you know you can utilize those things that you're yeah. you know that, that are your passions the things that you're good yeah. at it's just some things naturally that come to you that you that, that makes you you and so you know we could definitely see that and do the things that you do so um shout out to you you know and, and you know for being publicly speaking about those things that have affected your life because a lot of people aren't open enough to talk about the real things you know the real things that really affect them. And so, you know, there's other people out there that may be, effect- be affected by that. And so thank you for sharing that. And so the next question is this. And um, before you, well, let me ask you the question. And before you answer, I want to give you a side note. So the question okay. is this. I see that you also have a target of marginalized communities of color. What motivates yeah. you to service that community? Before you answer that side note is this. You know, with your dual master's degree from NYU Education, I'm sure that you can make even greater money in different communities, you know? So a, a verse T viewer may be facing that decision in their career right now. So what would you say to them? So I wanted you to pretty much have that in your mind. And, and the question again is what motivates you to service the marginalized community of color? What, what motivates you to, yeah. to service that? Man, there's a lot of things. First of all, I am part of the community, number one, right? So, I mean, understanding like I am that young black boy 
who didn't have a father. I am that young, black, gay, same gender loving boy who was going through um, all of this turmoil, trying to come to grips with his identity, right? And his sexual orientation and having to endure heteronormativity in all of the environments, right? I was that young black boy who like didn't necessarily fit into the same category as every other black boy that he saw, right? But that was just because I had a limited scope and it wasn't until I was able to, you know, really grow and see and experience where I'm like, yo, there are, there's, we out here doing it in all different ways. So, so, so first and foremost, I'm grounded in the fact that like I am that person and there was somebody like me who was there to support me love me outside of my home because my mother was the foundation of that my angel who is in heaven now um and has been for the last 18 years but like my mother is the one who laid that foundation but I was so blessed and fortunate to have a grandmother an aunt all this other extended family a church community that lifted me up so again my conviction starts from where I've come from right and my um almost my obligation man to give back unto what was given unto me so that's number one i would say there i would say the other thing is is man just this whole thing about yeah i can go and you know have these titles and i've had several titles in different organizations and i've made the money and all this other kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but it sounds cliche but it is so true none of that shit matters man it does Uh not bring you fulfillment and happiness and joy and something you talked about in our last uh, interview on the show was just really knowing yourself so it is that journey a lot of us chase the dollar and we chase titles because we haven't taken the time to really get to know who we are Um, and some of us are afraid to accept who we are for a myriad of reasons but in doing that work and understanding who you are um, and how you were made and and in the beauty and the wonderful nature of just like who you are who you were designed to be man you can then start to align yourself to the things that really matter to you and for me what matters is purpose right I have to have purpose in what I do so just a title And the salary does not bring purpose, right? And then I I have to be committed to a process and understanding that, like, it is not easy in whatever you go into. So if you won't have to fight, if you are going to have to struggle, if you are going to have to put in the time and the hard work and the energy, you might as well do it to something that really resonates with you. So again, that is something at the end of the day, man, when I'm doing my life coaching, my motivational speaking, when I'm sharing my story about mental health and, and, and if that can help somebody else, man, I'm telling you, bro, that is the fulfillment. That is the purpose. That is the process that I'm committed to. And, and, and that brings me fulfillment. Now, I'll say this real quickly. I do not believe that you have to be poor and do what you love. Hear what I'm saying? I do not believe that. I reject that. What I believe in is you follow your heart and your passion, and I guarantee you it will open up opportunities and doors that your mind sometimes couldn't even fathom. But because you followed your heart and you do it well, I'm telling you, people take notice, and there will be opportunities that come to you, and and all of that other stuff will follow. Mm. I mean, that was so on the nail. I just have to 30, take 30 seconds to mention something that happened to me in regards to that. Um, I've been following my dreams for over like 15 years now and uh, auditioning for everything under the sun. And because I just did what I love to do and was passionate about what I did, 
the producers of America's Got Talent saw my passion and drive through yeah. a video that I had online that went viral through me singing in the subway. And yeah, he reached out yeah. to me to be a part of the show. So for me, I feel like I was so focused on chasing something that I just stopped and focused on me and did what I love to do. And boom, immediately my mind was like, wow, like what? You know, so you're absolutely right about that. I really appreciate that answer that was right on point. Um, and, you know, and, and since we're talking about, you know, giving our opinions and shows and all this stuff, tell us about your show, The Naked Truth Experience. Like, first of all, <laughs> why that name? Yeah. Listen, man, it started out, it's so funny, I'll be quick, but the way that show started out, somebody on a different organization, different show asked me to do be a male perspective on a dating panel. I'm like, sure. So I threw out some questions to my followers. Folks poured in questions about what do they want to hear about men and their perspective on dating. I was like, there ain't no way in hell I'm going to be able to address all this on this other person's show. So then I just said, well, I'm going to do, I'll go live next week, you know, and I'll just answer these questions. And it was Tuesday of the next week. And I was like, oh, shit, you told these people you was going live. Like, you can't lie to the people. So I was like what you gonna do? I was like, well, I'm gonna go live. And then I put, I had a naked photo of myself, mind you, I had a naked photo of myself and I, I cut it right at the, you know, right at the butt, you know, I'm, I'm keeping it classy, keeping it tasty. <laughs> and I was like, yo, uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna put this photo on here. And then I said, what you gonna call this? And I was like, well, damn it, you naked. So call it the naked truth. And um, that's literally how I came up with the name. So it was the naked truth about dating and relationships originally. And I went live that Thursday, man. And here we are this week. This Thursday will be week number 15. I've been on for 15 consecutive weeks, man. And I've had some amazing, amazing guests to come on and talk about basically their truth. And we talk about a myriad of topics, but what I love about it, man, again, going back to my love, I am unapologetically lifting up the black community and the narrative of communities within the black community that is marginalized. So our trans men and women, um, our, our women in general, our gay, bisexual, black men, like these are issues that we're bringing to the forefront where a lot of times we're marginalized and we're pushed to the edges and we don't get our voice heard. But all perspectives are welcome here, and we're going to lift it up, and we're going to embrace all the humanity. So that's the Naked Truth experience. Amen to that. And thank you for bringing the 15 weeks consistently. Come on. All yes, the you know, 21 days to break a habit, and you've been doing the 15 weeks. So you've definitely yeah. in people's heads and in their minds and their spirits. So, we and did, I definitely man. saw it myself. I got to pop in and see a couple. So shout out to you. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I'm able to do it. So keep it up, keep it up the good yeah. work. So you're a fellow '80s baby, and mental health yeah. and a mental health professional. So we will dig a little deeper with this mindset. On an episode okay. of your show, The Naked Truth Experience, you mentioned that you used to sag your jeans. Oh. After, okay. <laughs> after Aaron graduated, one of his seventy baby friends told him that he was now too old to be quite sloppy. He felt kind of badly, but but partially adjusted accordingly. And sometimes he's still sloppy but comfortable. Okay, but what is it? What made you decide to stop? Is it an always stop kind of thing or sometimes stop? Aside, you know, aside from your work, why do, you, why do people make such personal life attire changes? Talk to me, professional. Yeah. You, well, listen, first of all, let me give a little context for the whole sagging of the jeans comment. I was talking about my grandma, who, is, who will be 86 next week. Uh, love <laughs> you. Love you, Granny. Um, Shout uh, to Granny. Month, excuse me. But I was talking about when I was a kid, she was like, yo, you're not going anywhere with me with them jeans sagging, right? It was a big deal. And so we were talking about it in the context on the show of respectability politics, right? And how we've been taught, especially by that older generation, 
that the way you present yourself in public is the way people are going to perceive you, is the way people are going to treat you. Also going into this whole piece on like, you got to be 10 times better than your white counterparts, right? I know we've heard that narrative yeah. all the time. So there was this whole piece on what is presentable, what is respectable. And now we have all these different norms. We have, you know, casual business casual, work appropriate, right? All these different things that really try to tell us what and how we are supposed to represent ourselves, right? And so I think as we go through the ages, folks then also put that same, they impose that same piece on us and say, well, listen, you this age or you're part of this era, so you, you, you can't be dressing like that. And here's my whole thing, listen, if it makes you feel empowered, if it makes you feel good, if it makes you feel um, uh, loved, if it makes you feel wonderful, if you love yourself, I'm like, express yourself, right? Because the reality of it is, is that the way in which we may present to other people has no bearing on what is inside of us, right? It has no bearing on the level of my intelligence, wisdom, intellect. It has no bearing on the condition of my heart. It has no bearing on my soul, right? How I'm going to treat you. And so many people get caught up in appearances, which is the main reason why we have what we have today. Because you're black, because I'm black, well, goddammit, you must be evil. You must be a menace. You must be violent. You must. We can go on and on about how we present to other people and based right. on their insecurities based on their misunderstandings, based on their ignorance, right? Based on their self-hate, right? Is how they choose to treat us. So I don't conform to all of that. You gonna, I'm gonna be 40 this year. You gonna catch me in some skinny jeans, brother, cause I can still wear them. And Come on I can out. in some skinny jeans, right? You know what oh, I'm saying? Fine. So, I mean, I'm like, do you, right? Do you, and be more worried about the condition of your heart and how you treat other people versus what you got on. That's fine. Preach. Okay? In that part. Um, so, <clears throat> people may poke fun at the 64-year-old dude in the club with the t-shirt and the baseball cap. I've Why? Know. You know, like, <laughs> an homosexual, homosexual Aaron is curious to know because he wants to know, is there a 64-year-old female equivalent? Yeah. Uh, you know what I think that's... Here's the why I own that, right? Because I know I've been in the club and I've been with my homie and I'm like, bro, I can't be that dude, right? Like, right. I can't be right. the old dude in the club, right? We all said that. But what is that really rooted in, right? That's rooted in my fear of being alone, of my fear of being unsatisfied, of my fear, right, of being unfulfilled. Because the assumption is, is that that 64-year-old dude that's still in the club, whether he's in a baseball cap or, you know, the older cats being the game, Gators and shit, you know that too. There, there's that other side, right? Regardless of how they're presenting, we make an assumption that they're still looking for something, that they're right. still chasing something, that they are unfulfilled in some way, which may or may not even be the case, right? So we make a lot of assumptions. But that's a lot of times where that fear is, is that like, yo, I don't want to be that person that has a not prioritized my love life or my ability to formulate long-lasting relationships. I've focused on superficial things. I've done 
you know, I've done wrong to people that, you know, I may feel is irreparable. Um, I may think I'm a bad person. I may think I'm not good for like there's this long litany of things that we go through that we start to disqualify ourselves from being if we want to be in a committed, loving, fulfilling relationship or just overall to being fulfilled and truly satisfied. So in the piece on like. Is there a 64-year-old version of the woman? Absolutely, right? I think there's a 64-year-old version of the woman who may make regrets or have regrets in her life about things that she's prioritized or things that she's felt like she's missed out on. So I feel like it's a human thing, right? Not just the, I'm in the club, I'm the old gay man trying to prey on the young gay dudes. <laughs> I'm trying to whatever, whatever. Now that dynamic does exist. Like we, we know it, it exists. I'm a realist here. But I'm saying I don't want to make that assumption on every dude I see in the club that's over 60 or over 50. Because we were saying about the over 50 year olds, too, uh, that they 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 they're unfulfilled. So that's what I say about that. Gotcha. <laughs> Thank you for that. So do you have any other media specialties or brands? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, uh, we mentioned I'm a singer, brother. So, like, I mean, I really started this whole journey out as far as. Being in front of a camera, um, being on stage, all of that really came from, again, I got to credit my, my black church. Shout out to Antioch Progressive Baptist Church, old school, 5801 2nd Avenue in Sacramento, California. But, man, that was my that was my training ground, man. And, and at the age of six, I sang my first solo. I started directing choirs at eight. So um, that really came through. I really fell in love with music and the whole performance aspect of it. So I did acting when I was a kid. Um, I was actually in the Ike and Tina Turner story. That was my little claim to the second grade fame, (laughs) you know, Uh, because I got to be out of school for a day to shoot the one scene. Um, But yeah, man, I did that. and, And the music has definitely continued on. Um, but as far as like what, what I do in the media today, I'm a show, I'm a talk show host. Um, again, I'm a media personality, so I get to be here with you all today. Um, and then I'm a life coach. So, hold on. We just, I'm, I'm over here. Listen, my hands, my hands get to moving. I'm a very expressive talker as well. That's okay. <laughs> so I pulled these out. But yeah, that, 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 that's 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 you know you get into it you know that's 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 where you can see me you can you can still see me singing and and, and performing in different aspects but that's what it is man yes sir see talk about it. you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen so we got maybe like two three more questions and we wrap up this part so cool. what has been your hardest part of your work oof man the hardest part of my work is overcoming the self doubt and the self sabotage. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. for so long, it was the reason why I disqualified myself from being who I am today. Um, because I was quick to tell myself why I was not worthy, why I wasn't good enough, why I wasn't qualified. You can go down the list once again of all the negative narratives that were playing in my head mm-hmm. that were just really rooted in false narratives, right? And the fear and the self-doubt in many instances, um, in some instances, you know, it was rooted in my inability to be my full authentic self, to be a black gay man who is proud to say he's a black gay man. That took a long time because I was so riddled in fear with being found out 
and I had learned from a very young age about how to perform masculinity, about how to perform male straightness, about how to perform being what a typical black man was supposed to be versus learning who Monroe is right. and doing Monroe. And I don't, I don't in any way regret any step of my journey. So I'm glad I went through the things that I went through so that now I am the life coach that I am today. And I can speak to things very intimately. And when I have clients who are struggling with accepting their authentic self, regardless of what that may be, it doesn't even have to be relegated to sexual orientation. But um, these things are things I had to overcome and still daily still daily have to remind myself, affirm myself that you are more than enough. And you, this is where you are supposed to be. This is your calling. This is what you've been equipped to do. And this is what you are empowered to do. So, um, yeah, man, I would say that, that that's, that's what I have to overcome constantly. And, uh, um, and I'm, I'm glad about it because it also keeps me rooted in what is important. And it keeps me grounded in why I do what I do. Nice. And so tell me, what has been your most rewarding? So we're going to flip it. What's been most rewarding for you with your work? Jeez, man. To be able to do something that I absolutely love. I got a text message today from one of my clients, my life coaching clients. And, you know, basically in a nutshell, she was just saying that she had a very taxing day that physically she was tired emotionally in a lot of different ways. She was tired from the work that she had been doing, but that she was so energized by the work that we had done in the first two weeks. She was starting to understand different thought patterns that were finally changing for her and being able to overcome things and that it was invigorating to her. It was energizing to her. It gave her hope, man. So when I think about me following my purpose and my passion and how that then blesses somebody else, brother, that is the most rewarding thing because it's bigger than me, man. I'll take that from my church, FCBC. We say it all the time, man. It is bigger than me. So that's what's most rewarding. Ooh, I love that answer. Yes, I live my life by that. I know that I have purpose in my life and what God has for me is way bigger than myself. So I'm so selfless that some people think I'm weird, but hey, I know that, you know, everything that God has given me, I'm so blessed to be able to do what I love. Like, yeah. I don't know too many people that can say that yeah. they love what they do. Um, and I'm one of those people that yeah. love what I do. So in every aspect of my life, um, yeah. I'm doing everything I've always wanted to do. So um, I definitely can appreciate that. So what's the main thing that you want our Verse TV audience to learn about Monroe Howard today? Yeah, um, just the first and foremost that, man, I'm a real ass person. So what you're not going to get, and what I mean by that, is that you're not going to get some false representation of humanity from me. So when I say I don't feel good, when I say that shit hurts, when I say I'm going through, when I say, you know, that like, man, I messed up, um, that is just as real as when I say I've reached my goal, when I said I accomplished that, when I said I've you know, triumphed over this, like all of that is my full expression of humanity. And I am no longer, hear what I'm saying, no longer, because there was a time when I was not comfortable with letting the world know really who I am, right? And I wanted to only present the shiny things and I wanted to present the facade and I wanted to present the things that I thought that people wanted to see right? But that wasn't the totality of who I was. 
And so now you get to encounter me, good, bad, or indifferent. And the thing is, because you encounter me for who I really am, I have no doubts about who's in my life now. Because anybody who is in my life is here because they fucks with the real Monroe. So that's what you're going to get. Ooh, I love that. Yes, sir. Yes, I definitely love that answer. And I think it's important that, you know, that in knowing yourself, like you said before, and knowing all that, I mean, you can get able to just go out here and be a blessing unto others. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, oh, it's just amazing. And, and so last but not least of this part of the end, which is going to be 75% of it. 25% more, we're done. But last question is this is what's the, what's next for Mamun Howard, MSW, MPA? What's next for you? <laughs> man, um, well, I definitely want to keep, I want to keep building the Naked Truth experience, man. I would love, listen, kudos to y'all. I think you said 64 or 65 weeks. Like, I'm trying to get to that level, brother. Like, I think that is amazing. And again, I know how much it takes to Thank produce you. something like this. So I definitely have my eyes set on that and expanding the platform and continuing to hear more stories and share more narratives and reach more individuals. Um, man, continuing to expand my life coaching business, I'm going to start launching into group coaching sessions. Um, you're going to see some things because I am a creative person. You're going to see some things where my life coaching and the lessons that I like to impart um, through the experiences I've had to be presented in very creative ways, visual and, you know, auditory ways. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then I'm one day, man, I'm, I'm working on my first book. So want to be an, uh, a published author uh, out there. And just, again, continuing to expand um, my presence and my impact, but for the purpose, again, of helping other people heal, like and just helping other people to to get free in their own right, whatever freedom means to them. Because I know what freedom means to me, but the thing is, is that freedom can be different for you as it's different for me, but damn it, it feels good. And I want you to feel good, just like mm -hmm. I feel, so. That's Come on, talk about it. The power is in being free. You already are free, you just need to know that in your mind and get yourself yeah. to understand the food you have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but cool, cool. So now we're going to do our uh, quick little, you know, verse T questions that we do with everybody. So we're going to get into this. Uh, we call this the verse TV questions. Um, our okay. two questions. So first thing is this. If you had all the money slash power necessary, what would you do or change that you would feel would be most beneficial for the LGBTQ community? Yeah, man. Um, I think the, the thing that I would do or change for the LGBTQ community is I would provide a network of mentorship. Um, I really think that there is a lack of true mentorship, and I'm gonna go specific to our young black gay boys. Mm -hmm. um, and I would really, I was talking about this uh, with my partner the other day, and I'm just like, I want there to be an opportunity. Again, I'll go back to who I am for another young black gay boy to look up and to see a black seasoned gay man in a wide array of expression. So if you want to use the terms femme, masculine presenting, whatever the case may be, like a wide spectrum of expression that young people can see, can talk to, can engage with, can build healthy whole relationship with, so they do not feel alone and that it becomes a safe space for them to build community and it becomes a safe opportunity 
opportunity for them to develop and grow what heterosexual counterparts do. There's a lot of things that we miss as young gay people because we're not able to, in some instances, openly date. Because we're not able to, it's not as, you know, um, it's getting better now, which I love. You know, I work with young, we had a pride prom and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, yo, this is so dope. But that did not exist when I was coming up. So there's a lot of things that I had to learn in adulthood that I wish I would have been able to experience and learn in my adolescence. So I would say that with really building this solid network of mentorship um, across this nation, man. Oh, that's a good answer. Yes, sir. I mean, it's no right or wrong answer, but these answers always seem to amaze me. Um, yes, and it's always things that can really make change. So that's really good. Um, so question number two is this. It starts with a quote and then a question. And the quote is this. Ask me not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair. But ask me, what am I living for? In detail, ask me, what do I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing that I want to live for? And that's a quote by Thomas More. So the actual question is this. What is your goal in life? And part B to that is what's slowing you down from achieving that goal. Yeah. Um, my, my goal in life is to live my fullest potential, period and point blank. Um, because my biggest fear in life is to die and not have maximized the potential of Monroe. Not in competition with anybody else, not looking to the left or the right and comparing myself, but really okay. going deep within, trusting that voice within that says, this is what I need you to do. This is what I need to come from you. This is what I need you to say, to sing, to write, whatever the case may be, right? Uh, to perform. These are the things that are things that I am focused in on, is living my fullest potential. And really, man, the only thing that could get in my way, and again, I'm sure people hear this all the time, but it is truth, is myself. The only thing that can get in my way is myself. And I talked about that in a previous answer about really having to overcome daily, in some instances, yep. the self-doubt and the fear, right? But because I have laid a foundation for myself, and first and foremost, brother, I love me, man. I love all the nasty, ugly, dirty, stanky, smelly Come shit. Come on now, talk about Just it. as much as I love the beautiful, the smooth, the presentable, the shiny, all that kind of stuff. I love all of me. So now I can understand fundamentally that I am worthy to step into whatever realm, whatever position, whatever stage, whatever space that that inner voice is saying, I need you to go. And um, so... So that that that's 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 where I'm headed, brother. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Number three, I'd say it again. Is what is your deepest tea? I use something that you've never shared on media before, <laughs> or social media before, but something that you're willing to share with us, of course. Listen, I have thought about this question, right? I'm like, oh my god, what is my deepest tea? Because the thing is, I share so much on the naked truth. Like I. I've talked about my addiction to porn. I've talked about how that's impacted relationships. My goodness. I've talked about me cheating um, in relationships. I'm just like, what else is my deepest tea that I haven't said, man? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, man, 
I mean, I, I, it's it's not like my deepest tea, but I'll just say that I don't think I've said this before, but I really do think that in my early dating, um, I was on this daddy thing, man. And I know I'm not the only one, but like all the dudes that I was attracted to, that I was getting into those relationships, man, they was, they was significantly older than a brother, right? And there was some type of comfort that I felt in, and you know, I'm still processing through like, did I have, cause my dad wasn't in the home, was it a daddy issue? They were all fathers themselves. They all had kids. Um, you know, they all were also uh, at once married to women. So there's a lot wrapped up in that that I'm actually still unpacking about, you know, because of how I was socialized to think about what it meant to be gay. So I was chasing after this image of a man who was not deemed to be gay or unclockable. So I was going after these men. Um, but there was a lot of lies and deceit wrapped up in all of that unclockability. You hear what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man, I think I had a little daddy thing going on when I first, uh, when I first got into this dating game. Uh, since I brought the number down, so <laughs> we right about where I'm at. Gotcha. A little bit younger. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So yeah. we, you, you've come a long way. Been a yeah, long, come, been a long time. Been a long but you come a long yes, way. Because I'm important. starting to be that. I'm, I'm about to be the daddy. I'm gonna be forty this year. So people looking at me like, uh, that zaddy. What they say, zaddy, daddy, daddy. daddy. <laughs> right, right. Watch yourself. They out here. Right. <laughs> As he says, he smiles. But can't be careful with that smile. Catch a little love thing, get you in trouble. But um, quick, you're moving. Um, number four, what stumbling blocks have you encountered? I'll say the most, like, the biggest stumbling block that you've encountered along your journey, and how did you overcome it? Yeah, um, I mean, again, I'll, again, I'll go to the self-sabotage. That was, that was the, probably this, which is wrapped up in the fear and self-doubt, right? So there's a theme there. Um, but I would also say in one of the biggest stumbling blocks for me was comparing myself. Comparison, uh, Jonathan McReynolds, a gospel singer, wrote a song called Comparison Kills. And uh, if you haven't heard that song, listen to the song, I suggest it. But essentially, man, it spoke and resonated to my soul because we spend a lot of unnecessary time focusing in on people or things that a lot of times aren't even real. And we drive ourselves crazy in comparing ourselves to these people or measuring up to this arbitrary timeline about when we supposed to have this, when we supposed to get this, when is this supposed to pop off for us? When it's like, yo, it is about our individual journey. It is about what we were put here on this earth to do. Not about what somebody else is doing. And the, the, the sooner I found out that I needed to stop comparing myself and also to understand that me trying to emulate someone else, not glean inspiration, but to try to emulate exactly what they did or to copy what they did was never going to produce success for me. Not success that was sustainable because that is not my path and not my journey. So I had to get really comfortable with my path and my journey and fall in love with my process. And um, but before, man, that was that was probably my biggest one of my biggest stumbling blocks. Yes, amen to that. I feel like it's important that 
you know, when it comes to, you know, competition, I try to teach people all the time for years, when I would be in auditions, I would still wouldn't feel like it's a competition. And I had to realize that, I realized then, like, why am I so friendly with these people I'm supposed to be competing with, and why am I, but I realized that I was only in competition with myself. And that's the reason, that's what you need to realize, that it's not really a competition with anyone else because your talents and goals are exactly that, they're yours. Yeah. You know, and no one else has that what you have. Your special uniqueness is what I have. And so, you know, I realized that I would go into a room and it wasn't about, you know, me, because technically it's all about what they're looking for. So I could be perfect in what I'm, you know, what, I, what I'm doing in my craft, but if I'm not what people are looking for in that moment and what I'm doing, then that's okay. You know, so then people start self-sabotaging and doubting themselves. Like, I'm not good enough. When you realize yeah. that like, you ain't in a competition with nobody but yeah. yourself, because that's their talents and their goals and yours is yours. But your old goals, and did you, did you, did you, uh, achieve those goals and the new goals you're about to set. That's the competition. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Did you achieve what you should have did and where you are now? So um, definitely, um, I definitely agree with you on that. And the last question is this. Ideally, what do you want to be the legacy for your work? Yeah. Um, I just want people to see my work as spirit-led and purpose-filled. Um, I want that to be the legacy, that it was spirit-led and purpose-filled because... Um, I've learned that when I have surrendered to the spirit, and people may call that different things. If you're not a Christian, it's not a problem. It, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever you believe and whatever that inner voice is that leads you, that's what I found out that when I surrendered to that spirit, man, I don't have to worry about the outcome because I am now only obligated to really understand what spirit is telling me to do. And when I do, Spirit takes care of the rest and spirit connects with other spirits. So whatever needs to take place in that moment and in that interaction with an individual will be what it is supposed to be. And then that purpose field, man, is just to know that, man, I do this with conviction because I know that there's a lot of other things that I could be doing on this earth. And I've done a lot of other things. Right. We even got to go into it. <laughs> But when I am in my purpose, brother, no feeling like it in the world. So, yeah, man, spirit-led and purpose-filled. I love it. Spirit-led, purpose-filled. Again, that ends our interview. So thank you so much. It was a great way to end it and go out with. Please tell the people again, where can they find you? Say if they yeah. want to find out more information about all these things yeah, you dropped yeah, yeah. on us. And, you know, if they want to continue their life coaching journey. So I am your essential life coach, so I do give free consultations. You can DM me, go to my IG page. I'm at he underscore smiles on IG. I'm also at he underscore smiles on Facebook. Or you can go to MonroeHoward.com. Boom, boom, all three of those, boom. Again, thank you so much, Monroe, for being here. We appreciate you. Appreciate you for what you're doing to, this, to the world and being a great light that you are. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep shining, baby. You know, you know that competition is nobody but yourself, baby. Keep doing all those yes, things sir. you want to do. Yeah, Write yeah. that book. You know, become that author and keep, you yeah. know, doing the amazing things you're doing to make a change in people's lives. So thank you. This has been an all the interview here with Verse TV again. I'm your boy at Troy Weeks Music on everything, and we are at Verse TV on everything. Check us out. Follow us. Follow, like, comment, subscribe, and again follow us on iHeartRadio. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys soon. Until next week. Until next time. Stay safe, guys. <laughs>